We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on local now, channel 525. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Great to be together. Uh, So happy to be back into regular rhythm and with you all. A lot to talk about today. In a few moments, we'll talk with my old friend, my old friend Gregory Wrightstone. Gregory Wrightstone was ejected from the National uh, Science Teachers Association Convention. I, I don't know how many I got to ask him. I don't know how many people are there. I, I think it's thousands. Uh, maybe it's more than thousands. He was, I think, at Atlanta, big conference, two or three days. He went down, he bought a table, his coalition, the, the CO2 coalition, uh, talking about the real science of climate change, the real science around things. Anyway, he bought that. And he got thrown out. He predicted that two weeks ago. So we'll talk with him about what happened because he went down and he had a paper that he published that said what the truth of science is around climate change. And uh, he was asked to leave. He told so there's some reports. And then we'll talk with uh, uh, Todd Benzman. And that's what I really want to get to. We'll get an update from Todd Benzman. And uh, I, I just got to say, at this point, um, I want to talk about the failure. We're going to talk with Benzman about Canada. Because Joe Biden went up to Canada and he met with uh, Trudeau, Prime Minister Trudeau. And uh, one of the reasons that they met was because Canada has allowed an influx of, wait for it, Mexicans who fly to Canada and drive across the border. Why? Because Canada has no visa provisions for Mexicans going to Canada, and then they can come across the border. Because why? Because the borders are open. Joe Biden has proven in every way the borders will be open. And here's what I want to say. Here's what you need to know today. When you're weak, everybody can smell it. When you're weak as a leader, everybody can see it and everybody will adjust accordingly. So the other day in his speech in uh, in Waco, Texas, President Trump said something like, when I'm in we're going to be when I'm president, even before it'll take me a day to get peace between Zelensky and Putin. And he, and he said something, like, nobody's going to like the peace I'm going to force them to take. That's what a leader does. We got Prime Minister Trudeau of Canada running roughshod over America. We've got the Canadian, the Mexican border and the Mexicans running roughshod over America. We've got war and maybe nuclear war in the world because Joe Biden, everybody can see it. We have China on the move and on the march. We've got Kamala Harris is in Africa. I don't even know if you noticed this. She's down there in part trying to tell the African nations, don't sell out to China because uh, well, we want to be your friend. And the, and, the, and the African nations are going, we don't see that. We don't see you wanting to be our friend and leading. The Solomon Islands, which have been for ages America's friends in Asia, just signed a security deal with the Chinese communists. My point here is when you're weak, you're weak and everybody sees it. When you're weak, you're weak and everybody moves. Everybody's moving against American interests. The world sees it. The world knows. And we're probably, well, we are protected because we have the greatest military ever. 
and we have the greatest military fighting force still. And so, you know, I, I don't think we're, our, our nation is in the threat, but all around the world, it's a dumpster fire. And the people who used to rely on us to be stable and serious and help are now looking around going, these people are really clueless. Why? Because they're weak. Their leadership is weak. And there's only so much you can do through, you know, guys like uh, Speaker McCarthy trying to stabilize things. Here's what, here's what you have to wonder. Is there any chance that the Chinese communists are not going to move on, or, uh, that they will resist the urge to move on Taiwan. Because they're on the march in every other way, and they're looking at it and they're saying America's dumping, pouring money and arms into, into Zelensky, into the war in Ukraine, and they're not going to fight two wars. They're not going to fund and fight two wars. It's a it's a real mess, and and again, the the trip up to Canada. We'll ask uh, Benzman to clarify for sure. But Benzman wrote a piece. Todd Benzman, the Center for Immigration Studies senior national security fellow and the author of Overrun, a great book. He wrote about this, and he basically said that Canada, the meeting in Canada, Biden going to Canada was because even Biden was annoyed about the size and scope of the invasion happening on our border, northern border. So what you need to know is our the weak leadership in President Biden in this presidency is doing real damage to America. And it can't end fast enough. All right, we got to take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk with Wrightstone uh, about he getting thrown out of the teachers meeting as well as Benzman. Be right back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. You know, a couple weeks ago, I had some downtime with my friend Gregory Wrightstone. We went over his organization, which has uh, gotten a ton of attention, the, the uh, CO2 Coalition, CO2Coalition.org. He's the executive director there. One of their big researchers was in town, and they had an event to introduce him to folks. And In fact, he was on the show, and we had some downtime. We were talking and, and then went to lunch together, and he was saying, well, he was off to this event uh, and he was going to be at the, uh, let me get it right, the National Science Teaching Association at a conference. And he got a booth to go there and talk about teaching science because he's a geologist himself. And, of course, heads up as executive director of the CO2 Coalition. He said, you know, his famous book now, Inconvenient Facts, the science that Al Gore doesn't want you to know, seems like a guy that might have an opinion on how to teach science. So Gregory Wrightstone went down to this uh, event. And as he predicted when we were having lunch, he thought when they saw his material, they probably wouldn't want him to stay. And in fact, they did boot him out. So I, I think, Gregory, you've been kicked out of better places. But still, uh, welcome back to the program. And tell us what happened when you got there. Yeah, good. Well, we, we were quite alarmed, if you will, uh, whenever we read the NSTA, that's National Science Teaching Association. Right. And by the way, it's the largest uh, teachers association in, in the world or in the United States, 40,000 members. They had 14,000 members at their convention. Um, and whenever we looked at their statement, mm-hmm. uh, policy statement on climate change on their website, uh, we were, we, it, it was awful. It was just terrible. It was 
we learned that, that what they were doing was recommending that teachers use indoctrination and groupthink, and that they the teachers rely on the consensus opinion of man-made catastrophic warming. Um, and in in this statement, they said that anything that any science or facts that are out there in information is basically disinformation um, because the science is settled. There is no debate and any of this material uh, should be discarded as political agendas. Uh, as you know, we've talked many times, there's a lot of science out there that disputes uh, number one, that the majority of the warming we've seen over the last couple hundred years is man-made and number two, that it's leading to horrible situations. And uh, that led us to, I was proud to be the lead author uh, of our yeah. paper on this. <clears throat> it was called Challenging the National Science Teaching Association's Position Statement on Climate Change. And it, we we promote at the CO2 Coalition uh, critical thinking skills. We, that should be developed by the students. Uh, not not indoctrination. We we promote the scientific method that's been followed for more than 400 years. And those two things, and what that does, both of those uh, encourage debate. They encourage testing of hypotheses. Um, and the consensus should have nothing to do with, with this. And, in fact, uh, I like Michael Crichton's famously said, if it's, if it's science, it's not consensus. And if it's consensus, it's not science. Hmm. Uh, and we, we quote that in our paper. And also Nobel laureate physics uh, uh, doctorate Richard Feynman famously said, I'd rather have questions that can't be answered than answers that can't be questioned. Hmm. And I like that quote, yeah, too. That's it's powerful. Yep, yep, yep. It's that's powerful, and it, and it really speaks to the heart of this. But they want to silence all debate. They want they want to censor uh, any science that that goes against this so called consensus opinion. Uh, and so we we published this and had this up at the convention last week. Uh, we had had the big takeaway initially wow. was just the overwhelming response we got from the teachers. They were thirsty for this information. Well, wait, yeah, let, let me say, let me run, run this back, Gregory. Let me pretend I'm a reporter here. So you get there. This conference um, is is scheduled to go how long? So it's the Na- it's the National Science Teaching Association's conference. Is it an annual conference? Is it a massive conference? Yes. Are there are there a hundred people there, or are there are three thousand? What number? There were four. 14,000 people okay. at the conference. 14,000 people at the conference. Is it going to go, supposed to go for five days or three days or how many days? Three days. Three days. It, okay. This was, this was, uh, 23rd through the 25th of March, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Uh, it opened Thursday. We had overwhelming response from the teachers. And then Friday at noon, we got visited by the, uh, head honchos of the NSTA. They said, you need to remove your materials or you need to leave. And huh. I told I told them to go pound salt. And, uh, <laughs> you're a geologist. You're a geologist. You know it's easy right. for you. Uh, oh, but wait. Let me. Let me. So let me. So from Thursday, it opens at Thursday uh, midday. Did you get? Did you get a good eighteen hours of exposure? I mean, it's kind of interesting. You they they didn't know what to do for eighteen hours. Right. And I think they finally got enough complaints about us. We I had see. some angry. We had some angry people. Yeah. Um, but we had a, 
an overwhelmingly positive response from most people. And the, and the, the, what's really funny, it's just odd that we had just run out on Friday at noon of all of our publications to hand out, except for the, the big publication of the, the challenging their statement. And because we developed these really cool science-based comics uh, that, that uh, we were, we were handing out. And we distributed every bit of every single one of them. And I got, I was upstairs away from the booth and the three ladies. Uh, bear in mind, these ladies are, are no lightweight, uh, right. scientifically. They're both, uh, two of them were PhDs in analytic chemistry. Uh, Sharon Camp writes our lesson plans for us. Uh, I got a text from them that, you know, we're all, we're out of books. What are we going to do? And then five minutes later, uh oh, NSTA is here. They want us. To, <laughs> they want us to shut down. So that solved that problem. Yeah, 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 yeah. But we had just we had just run out of of our material, so the timing was just exceptional. Mm. And they asked me take them down or leave, and I said no, that's not going to happen. And so they we had to pack up. They had security there on top of us. Uh, so these. Did, did, three, did, did, did they reimburse you for your, your fee? I'm sure you had to pay a fee. Did you get reimbursed or did they just say you, you broke the term somehow? <clears throat> well, that's, that's to be determined. I see. Okay. It, okay. So we're, we're going to be pursuing that and our expenses, right? but uh, we will see what comes of that. I'm, I'm sure they'll tell us to go pound salt, but right. you know, that'll all, that'll all shake out in the wash. And, uh, so it was interesting, you know, we said these people are censoring science and then they confirmed it by yeah. censoring science. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Uh, by the way, over at CO2coalition.org, if you go there, you can link to this uh, and I'll put it up on uh, the direct link to the uh, statement on. And you you were sort of predicting it was a few days before and you said, hey, you know, on their uh, what they're saying on this question of so-called climate change, we're going to we're going to have we got an assessment of what they said. We've got these facts. You would think. They might like uh, free speech, right? But I, you know, this is always how it is, right? They don't like free speech for them, and not, uh, not for us. Yeah, well, well, they they they're very clear about that. That's why we were protesting. They're they're not in favor of free speech. They're in favor of censorship, and it's just an anathema to science, the scientific process. Uh, it's it just flies in the face of everything science should be. Science again is it's not it's not anything about consensus. And we could, uh, there, there was, there was just so many things, but again, it was just this overwhelming positive yeah. response we got from the teachers. And, you know, again, here's a quote from Richard Feynman. He says, if you thought science was certain, well, that's just an error on your part. Huh. And, and, and even there, there's a big push with the NSTA for climate justice, right? right. Economic right. justice, climate justice. Well, Martin Luther King uh, promoted uh, critical thinking. He, he stated the function of education is to teach one to think intensively and to think critically. By critical thinking, we mean questioning everything. And that's part of the crit- critical thinking skill process that should be uh, taught to our children instead of them just going just marching blindlessly uh, with, with with blinders on. 
Uh, we're talking with Gregory Wrightstone, again, executive director of the CO2 Coalition. Not, the CO2 Coalition is a nonpartisan educational foundation, 501c3 organization, doesn't <clears throat> take a position on on uh, on um, who to vote for or bills. It says, hey, let's look at the science. And Gregory Wrightstone, as a geologist and an author, uh, has a background in this. Uh, I'm looking at the uh, I'm looking at uh, on your website at the. Um, uh, on challenging the p- NSTA's position on climate change. Um, Gregory, it's a 24 page document. Um, the last three or four pages are footnotes so that you're, you know, saying it's got tons of, it's got charts in it. Uh, you know, what, what would you say is the, is the major gap? I, I know, we, you know, we don't have enough time to go through all of it, but the major gap in what they're s- saying, um, what they're doing in terms of their approach. Well, I think that. It's it's this push that CO2 is driving temperature, which will lead to catastrophic consequences. In this paper, I wanted to document, and I did, uh, is that really the case? And as a geologist, I look through, look at CO2 and temperature history through time, and we we see that on the scale of hundreds, thousands, and millions of years, CO2 is not the primary driver of temperature change. But they're saying, well, yeah, but it is now. And that's not the way climate, that's not the way science works or the way climate science work works. The same processes that have been in place since the dawn of time are still in place today and operating. Right, uh, the, right. the, these big principles don't change. And, and it's just, and when you take a look at these charts, again, you, if you go to this, if you go to CO2coalition.org, um, and, and look under the publications, you can easily find this, uh, publication we've just we've just published yeah and we'd want just another one that's really good we just published was a challenging net zero with science yeah yeah yep yep that is right i agree uh that's the that's the one we had the interview uh um uh a few weeks ago um so uh gregory you weren't surprised you predicted this um but it's um I guess to say it's it's disconcerting, right? I mean, again, it's an example of, I mean, even though you were right, I mean, it's good for you, but it's disconcerting that there's 14,000 science teachers and administrators coming through who don't want to have, uh, or say it differently, who will not be allowed the opportunity to have the right. uh, the, the viewpoint <laughs> challenged. Yeah, this is, the, the NSTA, make, make no uh, bones about it, this is the leadership of, right. of what they've established. Right. And I didn't touch, I, I had considered including some of their political statements. Uh, they're big promoters of critical race theory. Right, right. Of diversity, equity, and inclusion. Uh, there was an author there. I, I talked to her briefly. It disgusted me. She had a book on, uh, diversity and equity in, in the science teaching establishment. It was, you know, they're big on all these woke processes. Right. And I, I can't believe that that the, the 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 bulk of the teachers themselves embrace that. I can't believe that. And I don't. And what we found that they certainly the most of the teachers we spoke to did not embrace uh, what the NSTA says about climate change. And we got we got people coming up to us on saying, "Oh, thank you for doing this. I never thought there was somebody like you out there." We had other teachers that said, I love what you're saying and I love your messaging. I'll take it back, but I'm, I'm not, I, I can't, I, I dare not present this in my classroom or I'll be fired. Right. And this is the, right. this is the problem we have with people. 
Um, it's, ama- it's, it's, it's amazing to see it play out. I mean, I, again, you predicted it, but uh, well, good for you. Um, we're out of time. CO2coalition.org is the website. I'll put up a link to these. Uh, thank you, Gregory Wrightstone, a, a geologist, an author, best-selling author, and the executive director over at the CO2 Coalition. Uh, I, I know you have you embody a lot of what I uh, love to tell people is the Phyllis Schlafly uh, doctrine of the happy warrior. You know, it's uh, it's there's nothing there's nothing uh, not, doesn't seem to be a mean bone in your body as your Antifa was protesting you at an event three or four years ago in St. Louis that we hosted, and now you're being kicked out of the uh, out of a out of a conference, the National Science Teaching Association's conference, and yet you're still smiling and chuckling and uh, and pursuing the good. So thank you for the, taking the time with us. Thank you, Ed. All right, Gregory Wrightstone, everybody. Again, I'll put it up on social media. You can check it all out. Uh, it's a great website, too. There's a lot of uh, lot of content there uh, to take a look at. So we'll take a break. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Time to check in, as it always is. Seems like it's... Uh, Every every other day, if I need to, to figure out what's going on, and it's always going on. Our friend Todd Benzman is, uh, of course, over at Center for Immigration Studies, National Security Fellow. His new book, Overrun, How Joe Biden Unleashed the Greatest Border Crisis in U.S. History, is out and uh, about, has been uh, published, uh, excuse me, has been excerpted at, at almost every major conservative website. Welcome back, Todd. How are you? Great. Great to be here. Thank you. So, so yeah, great to have you. First, um, let's talk about that visit to Canada. Uh, Joe Biden and uh, Justin Trudeau uh, palled around and talked and uh, all sorts of stuff. Well, what's it mean in terms of border security? What's it mean in terms of, uh, I guess, um, you know, the cooperation between the two nations? Uh, Justin Trudeau, not particularly known for uh, worrying about his border, but the Canadians don't care. I mean, right. So what, 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 give me some, give me some color on what uh, what this meeting meant or what happened or what you saw that was of interest? Well, the catalyst for the meeting appears to be a surge in illegal crossing south into the United States from Canada, hmm. uh, mainly in the northeast and what's called the Swanton section. The numbers are up 800% of uh, all different kinds of nationalities illegally crossing south from Canada. So what's that all about? Now, just for perspective, the numbers coming across up there are infinitesimal compared to what's coming across at the southern border, but it's enough to sort of peak interest. And there's actually, uh, as today, as we're doing this interview, there's the Republican-controlled House is holding a hearing about the northern border and what's happening up there uh, but the numbers are up at the ports of entry and between the ports of entry. And so the president went there to discuss immigration issues, came away with a couple of new agreements that completely missed the mark as to what would actually stop the incursions from Canada. They mm. uh, com- completely missed everything that they needed to do, uh, the the diagnosis for what's causing that that problem up there. But, uh, you know, what do you expect? You know, I don't think anybody wants to stop it. So they didn't. Uh, we're talking with Todd Benzman again, Center for Immigration Studies, a senior national security fellow, uh, CIS.org to find more of his writings there. And of course, uh, ToddBenzman.com. You can go and get his book, Overrun, How Joe Biden Unleashed uh, the Greatest Border Crisis in U.S. History. Um, to stop and clarify, 
You're telling me that at the same time that we're seeing record numbers on our southern border, we're seeing new numbers, whether they're record or not, they're increased numbers coming into America on our northern border. And again, of all nationalities, how, do, how does that game work? Are, are people flying into Vancouver to then take uh, to cross the border there? Is is, is that the the uh, the path? Of yes. The okay. And and so, big num- what are the numbers like? Are they how how what size? What number are we talking about? Yeah. So uh, you know, I wrote an explanatory analysis of what's happening up there, and which you can find at cis.org, Center for Immigration Studies. Uh, laying out everything that's gone on up there. Um, the numbers are, uh, I'll give you an example, um, 109,000 for fiscal 2022, for the entire fiscal 2022 of illegal apprehensions at the border. Uh, that's the northern border. The northern border. The northern border. Yes, at the northern border. Okay. Uh, mostly up in that sector in the northeast there, Swanton. Uh, and, and the, about fully half of them are Mexican nationals. And the rest are sort of smaller numbers of, you know, 50 different countries. And so what's happening is the Trudeau government in, uh, late 2016 dropped its visa requirements on Mexicans. So wow. any Mexican can just go online and pay $7 and fly anywhere to Canada. And when the pressure is on, on the Southern border about Mexicans, which it is currently, there is some pressure about Mexican uh, nationals. They just buy tickets and fly into Canada and cross South over the much more thinly guarded Northern border. And that's what's been happening. And so uh, what, what needed to have happened, if you wanted to shut down half of that traffic, is to have uh, Trudeau reinstitute the visa requirement. That's it. It would have shut the whole thing down by 50% and probably more than that. The rest of the traffic is the result of this incredibly historic, ambitious uh, Canadian uh, importation of legal immigrants from around the world, 400,000, 500,000 a year for uh, four or five years straight. Uh, that's a country of 38 million. So, you know, to add four or five million people to, to that, uh, country's population is really significant. The problem is that when they arrive, a lot of them are coming south to the United States, uh, and they're using a loophole, uh, which is a little bit complicated to get into, but it has to do with the third party safe country agreement where the Americans do not will push back anybody who's coming from Canada and claiming asylum and vice versa on the presumption that we're both very safe countries. So, uh, so you can't get, except that there's a loophole in that if you have family in the United States, you can cross and, and claim asylum. And that appears to be what's happening on the Northern border that Trudeau's, imports are crossing our border and and on the loophole Hmm. that appears to be what's happening. And uh, the majority of them are going to be, I mean, I I, I counted like 30,000 Indians, for example, that crossed last year. And so far this year, uh, 11, uh, 12,000 Chinese 
nationals. They're bringing a lot of Indians and Chinese nationals into Canada legally. But if you've got a family member down here, you can cross either at the port of entry or between them or whatever, and you get in. We let you in. So I think that's what's happening between the two governments. Uh, that's the, the response for the surge. Now, the Mexicans are coming because on our southern border, uh, they tend to not get in on the CBP-1 humanitarian parole program. Uh, some of them do, uh, but the majority don't, and the majority get pushed back still under Title 42, and they don't claim asylum, so there's pressure on just Mexican nationals down there to get over. They can run, uh, and a lot of them do run, but uh, if you've got if you've got money for an air ticket to Canada, you have options, as they say. If you have money, you can travel. But in the Biden visit, there was no, no mention of this visa waiver for Mexicans made at all in the media anywhere. Nobody talked about it. Uh, so they just left it. And everything's just sort of in place after that. You know, they came back and they did this one thing that has no impact at all on any of this traffic or on very little of the traffic. So so I, I expect that the numbers will continue to climb as long as Trudeau is bringing them all, bringing in hundreds of thousands a year. Uh, a percentage of them are peeling off and coming into the United States. Right. We're talking with um, uh, Todd Bensman over. Uh, he mentioned uh, Center for Immigration Studies, his blog over there. Uh, he's the Senior National Security Fellow there, cis.org uh, um, forward slash Bensman. But you can find it through clicking on the blog. He's got a couple of posts on that uh, on Canada, the Canadian policy in the last um, three or four days. Uh, helps flesh flesh that out a little bit. Um, put some meat on the bones specifically. Todd, I want to shift though for a moment over. You wrote a piece over in townhall.com a, a day or two ago. Um, and, um, in this case, you're, you're highlighting, um, a letter that the, the, uh, House Republicans are, um, uh, uh, um, issuing, um, sending, I guess, over to the, the Biden White House. But we're back here to what I call, you know, statistics. What is the phrase? Statistics, statistics, or, uh, or lies, right? They, you know, right. Is, and, damn and, lies. Yeah, d- damn lies. And here we are. The headline on your piece, House Republicans demand hidden statistics on secretive Biden border CB dot one dash one admittance program tell me about this one but this is now a theme at this point the theme is pretty clearly we know the american people hate our border policy we know it's damning and terrible but we're going to figure out ways to mislead you based on the numbers so what's this one about well as i've talked uh with you about in the past many times actually the whole southern border crisis has shape-shifted under this new policy that the administration has put in place where they're handing out uh, hundreds of thousands of humanitarian parole permissions to cross the border while the immigrants are still in Mexico and south of the border in in ways that you just can't see. Mm -hmm. So it's this, they built this underground pipeline. And so therefore, since since so many people can cross legally or given permission to cross legally, that's all under uh, litigation, by the way. The numbers that are crossing illegally are down sharply. 
And so the administration is taking these big victory laps going, look what we've done. We've fixed the border. The numbers are way down and they are down 129,000 in January, 129,000 in March compared to 220,000 and 200 plus thousand every month for, you know, two years, you know? Right. Uh, but what I, what I point out is that nobody's accounting for the ones the hundreds of thousands that they're just bringing in legally now. And those statistics are largely hidden. We know nothing about where they're keeping those statistics. And so uh, eight members of Congress have drafted a a demand letter to DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas uh, demanding the numbers. We want to know everybody that you're giving that you've given uh, this humanitarian parole to down south, where they are crossing, what airports they're departing from, all of their nationalities month by month. So uh, they gave, uh, you know, an April 4 deadline. We'll see if uh, the administration even responds, the Republicans. Uh, you know, there's not a whole lot of leverage that that the, uh, that the House can really uh, play here, but... I just wanted to report on the fact yeah. that s- somebody cared enough to ask. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, and uh, it's super important because in a democracy, if, if the people have no idea what the consequences or the scope of a policy is, uh, they can't weigh in. Like we don't know what's going on if we don't know the scope of this thing, what they're doing. Are you Todd? Again, we're talking with Todd Benzman. If you go to toddbenzman.com, you'll see his uh, his earlier book, America's Covert Border War, is also very valuable uh, from a few years ago. Um, and uh, the untold story of the nation's battle to prevent jihadist infiltration um, as uh, probably as applicable now because the border is so wide open that uh, we know more and more people are coming in that are not as as President Trump said when he was a candidate. He said they're not sending their best, meaning they're sending some really rotten people. And so we, we need to be aware of that. But again, the, the, the book that's out recently uh, by Todd Benzman, Overrun, How Joe Biden Unleashed America's Greatest Border Crisis, uh, a great, the greatest border crisis in U.S. history. Um, Todd, how do you grade? And I know you're careful because I think you, you're not you're not sitting in judgment of anybody. You're asking for more understanding of the policies. But how do you uh, assess the first couple of months of the Republicans in the House. I, I think they're asking some of the right questions. Uh, by the way, let me make sure to say Bombardier Books is the publisher of, uh, of, um, uh, of Todd's books. Uh, I think they're asking some of the right questions. And, and insofar as they don't have the Senate to support them or the White House, they can't get all the answers. Uh, I mean, they can't get action. Uh, but how do you assess the, the, uh, the, the questions they're asking, where it's going, uh, what's happening? Well, uh, you know, as today's hearing demonstrates, they are holding inquests. Uh, they are bringing attention to the border policies uh, in a way that for two years we haven't, we haven't had the benefit of. So I'm happy for any light to be shed anywhere on this thing in, a, in, a, in an official way. And so, uh, you know, as they say, uh, you know, uh, a, a big increase from zero is fantastic. You know, so, but having said that, uh, I do wish that, that there was more, uh, that they would bring more witnesses, that they would haul in 
DHS uh, officials uh, who are in charge of these policies more often and demand uh, answers about what they're doing and why and who said what, who knew what, when. So I'm still waiting. I mean, I guess it's still a little bit early. I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, the end of March. Uh, you know, we've got a couple of years, and I just hope it continues. But I don't think that the Republicans are unanimous yeah. in their feelings about uh, border security. Right. Uh, right. You know, and they, they don't have a big uh, a big margin of majority. Yeah. So all it takes is for a, a few sort of, um, yeah, you know, border border doves, I guess you could call yeah. them border doves and border hawks to kind of stand in the way and, you know, influence things in the wrong direction. You know, somebody like me and you and probably your audience wants just maximum disclosure of everything that happened. Yep. Yep. No, you're right. I think that's exactly you captured it. Uh, all right, Todd, I got to run. Todd Benzman, again, the book, everybody, I get it, is overrun by Todd Benzman, uh, How Joe Biden Unleashed the Greatest Border Crisis in U.S. History. Post Hill Press's imprint Bombardier uh, Publishing has the book. Uh, uh, Todd, we will talk again soon, I'm sure. Thank you for your reporting on this and staying on top of it. And uh, we will uh, we, we will look askance at the numbers whenever we're told the numbers, because you've taught us that right now they're hiding the ball uh and yeah they're bogus they're bogus so okay thanks todd appreciate it thank Uh, you all right everybody we'll take a break uh when we come back and don't forget i'll put all that up on social media especially the links to cis.org uh where his blog is that's got basically links to uh many of the places he publishes things but especially on these two uh, there's two two posts on the canadian uh story so to give you clarity on that if uh if you heard what he was saying and and want to uh dig in more all right we'll take a break be right back it's ed martin here on the pro america report back in a moment this is the phyllis schlafly report the conservative pro-family broadcast of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, a leading voice for the sanctity of life, traditional education, the Constitution, and American sovereignty. Now, here's the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. Everyone in America has heard about that infamous Chinese spy balloon that first crossed over Alaska and down through Canada before making its way across the lower 48, spanning from Montana to Missouri to South Carolina. The inept Biden administration managed to wait until the balloon was completely past the United States and out over the Atlantic Ocean before bringing it down. Yet this highly visible display of President Biden's incompetence when it comes to keeping Americans safe from the Chinese threat is mild in comparison to other ways in which China is running circles around American military superiority. It's no wonder a leaked memo from four-star General Mike Minihan included his prediction that the United States would be in armed conflict with China within two years. Despite this impending threat, 80 million Americans use the Chinese social media platform TikTok every single month, amounting to 80 million more spy balloons on American soil. Meanwhile, American companies are investing heavily in Chinese development of artificial intelligence, which is certain to play a large part in any future conflict with the Middle Kingdom. These well-known American companies like Intel and Qualcomm claim that they are only investing in China's private sector, but even a high schooler could tell you that there's no such thing as a true private sector in a communist regime like China. Intel and Qualcomm are essentially investing directly in the Chinese Communist Party. 
if and when Chinese AI is ever mobilized against American military personnel or even civilians, the consequences should rest squarely on the shoulders of these unpatriotic American companies. War is a horrible thing, and America should take great steps to avoid it if a reasonable, peaceful solution is possible. However, we must be prepared for the very real possibility of facing our greatest foreign adversary in armed conflict. Such a struggle would involve new dimensions of conflict that the world has never known, which is why Americans must be serious about the threats that we face today. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. As leader of the free world, America has a responsibility to stay strong in economics, industry, morality, and military capability. Never hesitating to say, America first. At phyllisschlafly.com, you'll see why the best foreign policy begins with a strong America. Join the conversation at phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Only a few seconds to say thank you to great the great Noah Dingley, our producer, and Ryan Hyde, associate producer. Thank you for tuning in. Visit ProAmericaReport.com, ProAmericaReport.com. Sign up for my daily email there and a whole lot more. And we'll be back tomorrow. Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Talk to you then. <laughs>